Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at Ziggy's Smoke Shop underscore 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode. Uh, episode 153, where we talked about the Kings uh, and the roster dilemma that's been going on and just everybody anticipating a move so you can check out that episode out or any of our other episodes streaming on the believe podcast network or wherever you get your podcast bringing in my co-host today as always ryan was good what is going on everybody so uh you know it's been a tumultuous like last 10 to 12 days for sacramento um but you know, looking forward to better days coming soon, especially with the trade deadline fastly approaching. Eric, it's a great day for sports fans. Uh, Saturday, January 20th, we got divisional round for the playoffs. Niners, obviously, uh, hosting the Packers today, and then Detroit hosting your Buccaneers. So, really looking forward to that, dude. And let's not forget, you know, me and Eric like to watch UFC and uh, Sean Strickland Duplessis tonight. I'm sure you'll be watching that as well. Probably going to uh, stream it on my phone while the Niner game's on. Um, just all the undercard stuff and you know all that. So it, it's a really good day for a sports fan. As you were talking about the intro, um, I, was, I follow this sports better guy on Twitter. And he was listing all the uh, the events for today, dude. It's like 100 basketball games between college and the NBA. Divisional round for the playoffs. UFC tonight. So it's just... Uh, it's a great time, man. I freaking love it. There's so much shit to bet on, dude. I woke up this morning, put some bets in, so hopefully I can come out on top this week. The Bucks actually play tomorrow, though. I got to correct. Oh, you. tomorrow, you, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. everybody said that. I wish I I, I want to watch a game, dude. So you know, I guess I'll just wait. Look, have something to look forward to. Um, but with that, speaking of the betting, you know, we have the bet online read as always, and you know, playoff time, basketball time, everything going on. Get your money in and get on that action. Uh, with the NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA in full swing, bet online has you covered with all of the up to second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, uh, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Um, head there today to get in action. Uh, to see the updated odds, remember to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Uh, last night, man, I went to the casino. I hadn't been to the casino in a while, um, so that was fun. I just love being at casino. I love betting. I, it's just too bad we can't do sports bets in person. I wanted to do that when I was there. Um, but, you know, it was funny, man. Sports betting is really infiltrating the market. So we're out there, you know got to throw money on the wheel of fortune machine there's always a couple things i do just standard you know wheel fortune machine and then throw throw on black when you walk in 
on the table. And uh, we were there, and some old lady comes up, and she's like, is there a game on tonight? And we're like, oh, no, nah, man, it's uh, this weekend, you know? She's like, those Chiefs are going to win, and da da And I said, well, they're underdogs. You better bet it. She's like, oh, I am. I am. So I got this old lady in the casino. She's just reeling off uh, sports bets, dude. So you know the market's just, you know, people are about that, even that old lady. That's a good time, man. Yeah, you sent that Snapchat of uh, your casino last night, dude, and I started getting the itch, so I need to go play some craps here pretty soon, so maybe take a trip to Tahoe or something uh, sooner rather than later, man. Last time last time I was at the casino, it was opening day football season. We'd go every year, and I was at the craps table from 7 o'clock at night till 4 o'clock in the morning, so it's a fucking blast, dude. I love that shit. Went through, went through, went through, uh, went through a whole can of Zins. Probably had about ten beers. Uh, made a, a nice little chunk of change. So fun times. Yeah, it was funny, man. So you know, it's getting a little rough. Uh, my buddy yesterday, he's uh, uh, he's like, oh, I'm gonna go play the. Uh, they have the penny wheel fortune. I said, penny, man. Well, you know, you gotta feel something. I don't do it to <laughs> win. I do it to feel something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> especially when you're numbed out on those Zins and beers, dude. Like, you know, pennies. What is that doing for you? That ain't yeah. getting the juices flowing. Yeah, you know, you, know, you, you need to throw uh you need to throw two hundred dollars in and max bet the shit out of it. Yeah, he doesn't have kids or anything, so I told him I was like, you know what you need to do is you need to put some type of odds so that your 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 cats might not eat tomorrow. You know, if your cats aren't eating tomorrow, then you might uh you know feel a little something if you lose, but at the same time, um, you might also feel something even bigger. You know, if you win, uh, but no, I'm not encouraging that. I'm not. It's just, I'm just fucking with you guys. Like, don't don't do that. But all right, we got a lot to get into today, though, because uh, as always, uh, a lot of shit going on. This is a good time of year to talk basketball, and we haven't been on in a minute. Ryan mentioned before he had a he had a kid, uh, so that's been typical. I don't know how that's going. You sleeping pretty good, Ryan? You've been going to bed early, you know. Last night, our eldest child stayed at grandma's house. Uh, mom and dad uh, drink some wine, drink some beers. And I watched, I uh, stayed up late, man, a whole 1030, dude. And I watched uh, The Godfather 2 last night, actually. Uh, you know, that was a thrilling night for me. That's the best night I've had in about a month. So good times. I've been, going to, I've been trying to go to bed early, you know, with the, the Kings. It's been um, the other night, though, I, I, I would go to bed, you know, thinking they were going to clinch that win against the Suns, being that, that they were up 20 something and, you know, within a, in eight minutes or something to leave. Oh, no, I wake up and they lost. So, um, you know, the Kings were coming into this episode, Ryan, and I had the schedule, but I think as we are recording right now, the Kings are on a four game skid. Does that yes. sound right? Four game skid. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Four, four game skid. And they are two and five in the last seven for perspective. So just not, that's how it goes. Uh, we knew that this year was going to be kind of tough because the way the Western Conference was shaping up, you know, if you're going to be around a 500 team, which is what we've kind of picked them to be at, maybe a couple games above, that means you're winning, losing, winning, losing, you know, pretty frequently. You're not run, putting together any significant streaks. But the same token, you don't want to see them put any type of streaks together uh, on the L side as well. Uh, so it's kind of just been up and down. And I think for me, like, you know what? Actually, I don't, I'm not going to get into the talk because I forgot to hit you with a player real quick. You did. Let's do it. I did. Okay, yeah, I man, I'm so eager just because it's been a minute since we've talked and I wanted to, you know, talk about the Kings, but I guess we'll get there. So if uh, you are new to the episode or to the podcast, rather, and you haven't checked us out before, this is where we start off our Kings talk banter with a player of our past. And based on the bio, Ryan has to guess that player. All right, Ryan, uh, here's your player this week. Uh, six foot nine, 250 pounds, uh, went to Duke from 02 to 06, fifth pick overall. 
um, power forward slash center selected by the Hawks. Here's the teams 06 to 08 Atlanta Hawks, 08 to 09 Kings, 9 Timberwolves, 09 to 10 Boston Celtics, 10 to 11 Denver Nuggets, 11 Knicks, and then 11 to 12 Nets. So, journeyman after that, uh, really hyped about this player when he initially came out, but he didn't really pan out. So, who's the player? He was drafted by the Hawks, you said? Drafted by the Hawks, played there, and then uh, from 06 to 08, and then played for the Kings for like one year during the shittiest, like 08 to like 09, 010. Like it was terrible for Kings basketball. But he went to Duke, big time player. You'll know him. Big time player went to Duke, fifth pick overall in the, uh, the 2006 draft. Um, so, person coming to mind, Sheldon Williams. Yeah, it's Sheldon Williams. He's that threw me off, dude. He's only six foot nine. It's probably why it didn't work out. I thought for some reason, for some reason, I thought Sheldon Williams was like seven one. Yeah, huh, that's probably that's that's what's listed here on on the bio. It's yeah, probably yeah. worked out. Sheldon, that was kind of the turn of that era, man. A lot of guys got drafted around that time, and the in, in, big guys that didn't pan out, like Hashim Thabit, dude. Hashim Thabit was like number two pick in the draft and never played. I mean, there's a lot of guys like that. And that was a. You think that's around the time where like basketball? I'm trying to think back a little premature, but it's really where the center started getting phased out. The undersized power forward. You know that that was didn't really offer much. Yeah, it doesn't space the floor. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, dude, I think Sheldon Williams and Candace Parker have a baby together, dude. I think they were like married. I think Candace Parker's married to a woman now, but uh, I'm we, we might not need to fact check this, but I think it's Candace Parker. I think Sheldon Williams, Candace Parker have a baby together, dude. So that baby, you know, probably could be uh, approaching high school right now. So that might be something to look at. Yeah, the. Uh... Only thing though is to have a daughter, so it won't be an NBA. Uh, but but WNBA, if you want to put some futures bets, damn in. that hella triple threat and left hand layups coming soon for the Williams family, dude. Been there, right? <laughs> um, but that was a good pull on the stat there, man. So, all right, back to the Kings basketball. Okay, um, I think it's at the point of the season where everybody knows this shit's gonna needs to go some direction. Now, the what direction? Well, as always in Kingsland, that's the fucking topic of conversation. But you and I, though, no surprise because we, we, um, you know, saw we talked about this in our previews. We knew that this was going to be a issue. We identified the Kings didn't have a, a another score guy on the roster. They, they, the roster was deficient, and guys were need need to get traded. So here we are. You know, here we are. So I don't know what the direction or people. I mean, I definitely want to talk about the roster today and the Kings. Uh, you know what's been going on but talking about uh, which direction as well. So, I don't know. What do you think? What do you want to start, Ryan? Um, I mean, we can we can do multiple things at once, I think. I You know, I'll just start off. I think the the huge issue with the, the lineup has just been the consistencies in the starting lineup. Um, you know, you talked about not having that, you know, kind of second score guy. Uh, I'll give it to Sabonis, man. The playmaking ability and his scoring have improved this year. Um and then I think Malik Monk taking that next step has been huge, but it's really the starting lineup, right? Trey Lyles is healthy. He He's back and he's playing really well. Um, Monk's playing really well uh, off the bench. Uh, Vesenkov seems to be getting a little more burn than he was. I, you know, and I, I think as the season goes on and he gets more comfortable and adjusted to the NBA game, he's going to get a little better, but it's a starting lineup, dude. You know, the inconsistencies like we come on here from uh, for the last month and we've talked about Herder, Barnes and, and Murray just not being consistent enough. And I got to give credit where credit's due, though. Right. Keegan Murray has gotten a little more consistent. He's put up some really good numbers lately. But, uh, you know, 
on any given night between the three of them, dude, you're, you know, you're like, oh man, I look at the stat sheet and it's like, oh, four points from him. Oh God, 10 points from him and 10 from the other one. And, you know, 40% or more 60% of your starting lineup is uh, not even giving you 35 points a night, dude. That's a problem. It, it's a huge issue and, and it's something that needs to be addressed. Herder's had a couple of good games. I got to get yes. one thing. One in thing losses say, though, in losses though. One thing that I will throw out there though, is that got to Darren Fox. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Darren Fox a bit. At, the last month, month, month and a half, uh, I'd have to say if I, if I had to be completely like real, uh, Sabonis is probably been the best player of the Kings. He's, he's been extremely consistent. Statistically, he's been the best player of the Kings. Um, Darren Fox shows up, but I, I, to me, in the games, you know, go in person, you watch. I think that uh, teams know that that's that's who they have to deal with, with Deer Fox. That's who they have to target. I think he gets taken out a little bit. I think that also it's uh it's difficult, man. Like asking a guy to average thirty one points a game, which is what he was at the peak, you know, of the season before this little decline he's been on. That's not sustainable. That's not realistic. You can't ask a guy to do that, and then that's what happens. So now, when he has these av- these average, you know, quote unquote average games where he's down and dipping in the twenty four points a game, they're getting dogged, you know. And and I think that, you know, I just credit to Sabonis though. You know, Fox is there. Herder had a couple good games, but yeah, it's it's really just been Barnes and then and then uh, Murray up and down. You know, credit to Murray, but even in even in an overtime game, dude dropped four points. You know, Keegan Murray. So that that is what it is. I don't know. Um, the one one thing I I will say. Okay, let's take it. Let's take it to trades, dude. Because there's been a couple of trades. Like Pascal Siakam got traded, which was a guy that the Kings had been linked to a lot. Some report about uh, Pascal Siakam. You know, something happened. But did you see this? Did you see this? How something happened behind? Yeah, the he was turned off uh, out of nowhere by the thought of being traded to Sacramento. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's because he came to Sacramento about two weeks ago and was like, yeah, I ain't fucking living here. Um, or if something happened during the game, I don't know. I was actually thinking about that today when I was working out uh, this morning and uh, I was like, what the fuck happened, dude? Did, did something happen in the game? Did somebody say something during the game, you know, to Fox or Sabonis or something? Did some, I don't, I don't know. We'll never know, you know, but it was weird. Very, very strange that he picked Indiana. I, I don't really understand. Well, that. a couple things I'll say. You don't want to live in Sacramento, but you live in Toronto. You want to live in Canada. It's fucking cold in Canada, and they don't even have. It's like not even America, dude. So you know, get lost on that. <laughs> I live in Sacramento, so you know, if you don't want to live here, fuck off. Another thing I'll say is fuck Pascal Siakam. I mean, you're not that good. Like you're cool. Uh, he's cool. He's not that good though. And I think you know, here's really what it came down to. I don't think the Kings wanted to pay him. That's what I think happened. I don't think the Kings wanted, because the whole thing about Siakam was that there was going to have to be some type of assurances from both sides. You know, we're going to pay you this and you're going to agree to, you know, like we're not going to trade assets if you're not going to go. I think that's what it was. And the Kings were like, "Mm, we're not going to pay you max contract. Like you suck. You know, I'm just saying that he doesn't suck. But then also, why the fuck would you want to trade three first round? That was my thing, dude. The Pacers traded three first round picks to that guy and are going to have to pay him. So to you, me, you better I'm hope not it works that. out. No, I'm I'm not either. And and I I've turned away from the Siakam thing uh, a couple weeks ago. And I, and I mean, you will talk here in a little bit about our preferences, but um, I was never for paying Pascal Siakam thirty five million or whatever hell his max is going to be this after this. I, I was not for that. Um, but it, Indiana had to have get assurances, right? Like they had to have gotten assurance assurances because. They traded Bruce Brown and three first for a guy on an expiring contract. Like, 
can you imagine if they shit the bed, right? And for the rest of you, because I don't think the roster is that talented, right? And, you know, they end up as in the play-in. Then maybe they want to play in and they lose in the first round and Siakam's like, all right, I'm out. Can you imagine how bad that would be, dude? And that was something that was in the back of my head was, you know, is Siakam good enough to elevate them out of the uh, Sacramento? Was Siakam good enough to elevate them out of the first round? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he, he I don't is. know. He is. I don't know him. It's not uh, to me. It's not him elevating him out of the first round. It's just that adding him to the existing roster, you know, that that the it, it does elevate the roster. And I can say that I, I, I you know, I don't think he's going to come in and just carry them. He's going to be the guy to carry them, if that makes sense. But I think that that's a very interesting thing that I hope happens because I fucking hate Indiana Pacers now. I've always kind of hated the Pacers. If you remember, you know, in the 90s, every kid our age loved Michael Jordan. So fuck Reggie Miller, you know, because of that back in the 90s series. Um, I was a big fan of Ben Wallace. He's my favorite player of all time. So I loved the like 03 to 05 Pistons. And I, and I really fucking hated the Pacers at that time, too. Mouse and, in the palace, uh, man. Yeah, and then now, um, you know, with the whole thing with Tyrese Halliburton and 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 all that, I just, you know, why not fuck the Pacers? So I hope he leaves. Um, but again, you know, what to keep an eye on for a team like the Pacers, you want to go in and mortgage. Well, here's the credit to the Pacers because that's what we want the Kings to do is finally have some fucking, you know, and go and actually trade. Asset. That's what it tells the fans that are out here. Like, well, maybe we can nickel and dime our little nickel and dimes. We have they're tr- they're, they're trying. They're trying. Have. Yeah. Like uh, the fans were like, let's take the shekels that the Kings have and, and and turn them into something like a lot bigger. And realistically, this hopefully that trade is an example to the fans of like, no, if you want a player of that caliber, that's what it's going to require. So, yeah, you're like I said, they're trying good for them. But man, what a, I saw a thing this morning when I woke up and they're like, well, does the Pacers have the best roster in the Eastern Conference? Because it's Halliburton and Buddy Heald, okay? Which everyone hated Buddy Heald until now that they don't want. They hate, apparently nobody hates him anymore. And then Aaron Naismith, okay? And then it's Miles Turner and Pascal Siakam. They say, is that the best? No. It's not. Yeah, it's not. not That's, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 40% of your starting lineup was on the Sacramento Kings team uh, two years ago. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I Do I think... I don't know. I don't even want to go there. We're going to talk too much about Indiana, but at the end of the day, right? Pacers, Pacers did make, make a move and they're trying. Um, but I just, like I said, I, I was turned off by Siakam when you hear that he wants the max contract. I guy is not worth that at his age. Now, three years ago, I'd have been like, okay, let, let's have that discussion. But um, what is he? 30, 31, maybe bare minimum 29, you know? So it's like, does he, you know, he's starting to come out of his prime. Uh, he's been injured a little bit. And I just didn't see him elevating Sacramento into that championship tier by that move. And that's one of those moves right there that they're, they paid Halliburton over there. You know, they, uh, Buddy Heald's on a on making a decent chunk of change. Miles Turner's making a decent chunk. And then you're going to give Siakam a max contract. If it doesn't work out, your roster's fucked, right? So, um Pascal Siakam's a guy that I was like, yeah, I, I don't know if he does that. So, yeah, thank you. He's twenty. He's twenty nine, Eric. But it's all all the same. Um, I I just don't see. I don't see Indiana ele- Siakam elevating Indiana like that. And I kind of saw the same thing uh, if he would have came to Sacramento. So, so I like to look around and look at uh, you know you kind of judge on actions and then kind of derive at a, what you think the King strategy is going to be. Here here here's what I'm 
kind of taking away. I think the Kings know that this is they don't have a championship team probably right now. Like, you know, they can make a run and oh, look at it hey, any given day, right? But realistically, like, being honest. So I don't think they're going to go on and mortgage something that's going to hinder them in the next year or two from making moves. And and so I think that's the Kings are taking the more conservative approach. So what does that – that means they're not willing to package multiple picks unless it's for a bona fide star, which don't really see many on the market. We You and I really, really – I do it for marketing. You do it for marketing, correct? Yep, 100%. But marketing appears to not be on the trade market, so there that goes. Um, you're not going to do it for Zach Levine, who apparently they're having a difficult time to trade because of his contract, which you've mentioned a lot. So it's like there's not that guy out there. So you got to move it to more of a secondary market. And so when you're making trades in the NBA, you probably have uh, – you literally have like two things, okay? You have a draft assets um, and you have players. You kind of have a, another thing looming, which is there's potential to get trades done for cap purposes, which to be honest actually – that's probably how most trades go down. So you're going to have a couple angles you can look at. So if you look at the Kings, you're either going to trade multiple picks to get to players, or you're going to trade one of the picks and players on your roster to get the players, or you're going to trade players on your roster to get the players. So again, I'm kind of tired of the shekels in the trade that are offered up in the, in the trade machine, the herders, the barns, like the typical standard trade. Okay, I think that there's a real chance, man, and no one's saying this. I think there's a real chance the Kings could move Malik Monk potentially just because of his contract situation coming up and the money. I've heard some things about what he wants to get paid. I don't know if you want to, if whether you're at a guy who you haven't shown that you want to put in the star lap, I don't know if you want to pay the guy 25, 30 million. I don't know if you can do that. And if, and the Kings are showing, this is what I'm telling you, the Kings are kind of showing you what they're prioritizing right now. It's not doing that. So I'm not saying to trade him because I like Malik Monk. And I actually think all the beam the Beamer uh, casuals will fucking lose their minds because he is, you know, he is fan favorite numero uno. But realistically, if they want to upgrade, that's going to be, that's going to be the type of stuff. If you don't want to trade the picks, dude, or multiple picks, like that's what it is. Expiring, legit player, young, you know, who who can play a pick and then you can throw in the shekels and then we're talking. OK, if not, then trade multiple picks. And if you don't want to trade him and if you don't want to trade the picks, then you're not going to get the big player. Then we're talking about cap type of moves. And those cap moves aren't getting you player A, A tier. They're not getting you that. Man. You know. Wow. That's, you know, I'm with you 100 percent. I get it in. Like you said, no way, shape, or form advocating like we want Malik Monk not to be here. Malik Monk's really good, but people don't realize that's what it takes in the NBA, dude. That's that right there. Making moves like that um, are one hundred percent the reason you know that Sacramento, or not the reason, but the way that Sacramento can elevate themselves. I just don't know if that's. I don't know if Sacramento has the balls to do that, man. With the how well that Malik Monk has been playing, I just. Ooh, I, I people would riot, dude. When people hear this and talking about Malik Monk possibly being involved in a trade, uh, people will riot. But right there, right, right there, that's the way that you transform your franchise. Franchise, right there, is having the balls to make a move like that and move off a guy who is young um, and really talented and can score in bunches. But you know, the the most important thing about Malik Monk is you know they the unwillingness to put him in the starting lineup too. Right? Do you want to pay a guy on the bench? however much it's going to take next year, it's going to be a lot, right? Like I've heard 
uh, you know, numbers up there, astronomical. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. That that's that's a very interesting interesting take, and I like it a lot. Uh, I will bring up something that uh, a trade that I've thought of more minuscule. It does cost money, and I was looking right now on Jeremy Grant's contract. I, I have been a fan of the Jeremy Grant and uh, Matthias Thibel move. Something more subtle, uh, and I think you could get it done without attaching really too many first. I, I, I think something like a, a Harrison Barnes, Davion Mitchell, and a first uh, might be able to get that done. You might have to throw in Herter. Uh, Fit-wise, I think it's good, but then you know I go look right now, and you start looking at salaries, dude. Jeremy Grant is on a contract for another four years after this, and it elevates every year. It's like 32, 34, 36, and the last year is like 38 or 39 player option, right? So you start looking at shit like that, and in my head, I'm like, man, that's a decent move. Because I, at the end of the day, I think Jeremy Grant is close to Pascal Siakam. People might not like that, but similar type of player. You look at their stats, it's pretty similar in, in, in size and everything too. So... um so the last like week or so, I've been thinking about a lot, man. Jamie Grant, Jamie Grant, and you know, stupid me never looked at the the salary on it until right now. And even moves like that, that I'm like, shit, man. Are you know, do I want to pay freaking Jeremy Grant thirty nine million three years from now? Fuck no, I don't. So uh, there goes my great trade idea, Eric, that I was going to talk about. Um, you know, should have done my homework, but you you convinced me, dude. I think the Malik Monk is the the biggest return that we can get uh so I'm, I'm gonna have to dig into that and keep looking well and and again like i said i'm not saying trade the guy i, I actually really like Malik Monk, and there is a bit of me which i've seen out there i you know people want him to start i i, I think that Malik monk i'd be cool to see what it looks like for Malik monk to start there's times where he has started um and done really well like i i'm not shooting i'm not shooting him down him starting him being here i'm not saying that. it's just you know, when it comes down to trade season, you want to talk about like what gets you what you need. And 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 when you have a guy that's like that, that is coming up on a, a needing a contract, I just don't see why that's not something you would consider. And I think the front office is is considering that. I don't think fans would because of the like I said, he's, he's numero uno in the fan favorite column, dude. And so for that, um, you know. There, there's, there's, uh, there would be issues, but it's just what you have to do. It's just what you have to do if you don't want to trade the picks. There is something uh, before we get back to the trade. Talk, I wanted, to, I don't want to forget this. Okay, uh, this is like a you know sports fan nerd shit. Okay, but have you heard about the stuff about the potential NBA upcoming TV deal in the next couple of years and how it might be less than what was previously given to the NBA? Because the last time it went around. Yeah, ESPN and like I think TNT were the highest bidders, and you know TV deals really what affects the cap. Some people think that Mark Cuban got out of the Mavericks for that reason, because well, he he, he talked about he talked about it. I follow Mark Cuban on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, and he was on somebody's podcast talking about that not too long ago. I got to find the clip and watch it again. But hundred percent, that's uh, I have heard that rumor. Yeah, and I think that like the next CBA is going to be very interesting for the NBA. And we don't too, get into this too crazy, and I'm not trying to, but I think there's some stuff trending on conservatives, conservative cap uh, situations. And I think with that, aside from that, rather, there's been a number of instances in the last bunch of years when the cap did expand where teams were like, oh, fuck it, let's just give so-and-so whatever, whatever. 
and you had guys in that were making above, you know, what they should have, and then it became a problem. I mean, um, and I Tim, can go for Tim, days Tim, on the list. Timothy Timothy Mozgov got that fat contract from Cleveland, right? A couple years Remember ago, that? that was bad. Tristan Thompson was who, in on that. Sometimes it's not even super big. Sometimes it's guys who who it's like they're sitting on. 12 or 15 million when they're like a 6 million player too. There's those guys as well. And I think that a lot of teams have been burned from the guys like you listed, like Jeremy Grants. I think because he just got signed like not long ago and he's already been moved within that contract. Okay. So I think that uh, teams are just with the potential cap space situations, the way things are going, the super maxes, you know, you, you start to have a, a several years of data right that 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 kind of show value in contracts and i think that teams especially teams like sacramento where they have to be conscious of that are going to be extremely conservative in in, in things like that and, and it, i think the cap space is stressed even as more than ever and with the kings situation having two guys getting paid on their roster they can't they can't be the pacers they can't fuck off and and go trade stuff for a year or two because they're locked in they'll be locked in until like 2028 or whatever right and then they'll they'll have to pay first round picks to get out of it, and then they'll be rebuilding again. And I think they're afraid of that. So I think there's a lot of conservative approach from them for all of those reasons. You know, my I, I don't disagree with them. I don't. I don't entirely disagree with them. At least, yeah. It's it's you know, if you'd asked me a couple months ago about all these big trades, I would have been all in, right? And we we came out here before the season, and we're talking about a lot of them. But man, the the money, you know, the the money is just ridiculous when you look at a lot of these guys that are available. You know, and it's like, do I want to give up? And and at the end of the day, is there a guy that is currently available that can elevate us into that championship tier? I don't know, man. I don't know. The only person I can think of, Eric, and I and I texted this to you right now is um, the the one person that I think can elevate Sacramento's Dejounte Murray trade, dude. I I think you know you've seen that name a lot and obviously he's hit the two game winners the last two nights now so you know value might be going up and all this shit and he's putting up great numbers um young right plays defense can play off ball man that's a move that uh you know Sacramento's not in the mix on that dude uh that that's a shame dude but i've been seeing like freaking the lakers are in on that dude like how the fuck do the lakers how the how the fuck can the lakers pull that off dude you know I've been seeing random teams in on DeJounte Murray, and I'm like, how? How can you guys pull that off, dude? I don't think they're actually in on it. I think when it comes to a lot of big teams, anytime a player of a name comes up, I think writers tend to try to find scenarios where the big teams could get them. Because I don't think that the Lakers... This is one where I don't think the Lakers could could do. The one thing about the Lakers, you know, using them as an example, but there's other teams like this, when they're up in the, when they're up in the top, you know, expecting to make the playoffs, I, sh I should say, you know, they're in mortgaging future. They're willing to go after certain guys that other people aren't like the Lakers in the last bunch of years aren't a team. It's like, well, you know, we need to save all of our picks and not sign this guy because we can't lock in our next three. They don't give a fuck. You know, the Kings do that. And a lot of teams in the NBA are more like the Kings than, than the Lakers in that approach. And so they do get some players that I'm like, really? How did they swing that? But and it's because they don't, you know, Maybe there's not as much of a market sometimes, but Dejounte Murray's one. I I agree. I wanted him when he came out when he was coming from the Spurs. I wanted them to try to make the move. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, the guy is defense. He's an all star. Uh, both positions, like immediate upgrade. What I just it would take see to get him. 
I don't know, man. I've been seeing like, and you're looking at like Bleacher Report and stuff. They put out their mock draft or their their mock drafts or mock trades. And I was seeing like, when I saw the Lakers on there, it was like D'Angelo Russell, like Rui Hashimura, a 2029 unprotected. And that's it. And I'm like, bro, there's no way his trade value is that low, dude. Like you just saw Pascal Siakam go for Bruce Brown, who's a, a very good NBA player and three firsts. You know, and it's like I would have to assume that Dejounte Murray is going to get you the same, if not more. In my in my opinion, you know, so like I, I look at these and I'm like, okay, well, how how much value is Atlanta have on on Dejounte Murray? You know, how easy would he be to get? But I I think that's my that's my number one guy right there. I think at the moment of somebody that I think. Because you've also seen the Clint Capella stuff too, right? And you've seen how Sacramento could be in, in, in the Clint Capella sweepstakes as well. What does that look like, dude? What does that look like for Sacramento? I've yet to see a a, a, tra- a mock trade on that, and it looks like Eric found one. So let me let me hear okay. this, dude. Well, here's here's the thing, and this is where you know for people we don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever done research going into Kings Cast, neither of you. So sometimes we do this. We our conversations just go different directions, but with that, you know. Murray's Murray's on the final year of his deal. It's saying that that's 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 what that's part of the problem is is that he's so, but it's the same thing with it's the same thing with Pascal Siakam. I knew that, and that's why I'm saying that. Like, yeah. So the, I think that like, um, uh, you know, it's hard to get assurances from people like that. So so that could you know, and that's why the, maybe the big markets because I when, as you were talking, I was looking at articles and it's like the Bucks are interested, the Lakers are interested. I'm like. Again, why are the fucking big teams all the only ones? It's like, oh, they they would be willing to actually shoot the picks over and say fuck it because they'll they're literally going for broke this year. So if he leaves, whatever they went for broke, and uh, more willing to commit to this commit to the extension, you know, being in those those markets where it's a team like Sacramento, like you know, but him he has a guy his age and his pedigree is a guy that I would I would actually pay. So for me, I would. He is. It doesn't negate our take, but yeah, final year of a eighteen million dollar cap hit, which is changes yeah. things. What's what's you Clint know? Capella? What's Clint Capella's contract situation looking like? Because he's a name. He's, he's a name that's been uh, linked to Sacramento as well in the last few days. I'll look it up. But this, I remember Clint Capella last he got paid. In the market. I, he didn't get paid as much as I thought he'd get paid though for the time, if you remember. But looking at it, he is sitting on twenty million dollars this year. Next year, it's twenty two million, and then he's out. Of the of it, so you know, twenty twenty one million. I mean, realistically, the Kings have numbers to match this fairly easily. Like this is really a Barnes and uh, Herder right there. Yeah, yeah. But you, we, and, and this is where I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Barnes and Herder the shekels trade. Barnes, Herder, and Mitchell. You know, that's the yeah. shekels, little yeah. pennies. Okay, you make that trade, you're trading the picks. Exactly. I was saying Ex- exactly. So, yeah. So anybody out there listening, if you throw in a little. You know, mock draft or not mock draft, mock trade thing out there in Kingsland on Twitter, wherever. Just remember, if, if you if I see those, I want to see a minimum of two picks, probably top yeah, five. I was I was, top, I was just going to say that. Yeah, I was minimum, just going to say that. Very low, for pro- any- very low protected. At least two firsts in any of these moves that we're talking about. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, and and so then yeah, that's where that's where you, that's where we start. But as I said, yeah, Malik, Malik Monk. You know, yeah, I don't I don't know, but it, it's. The players, I don't know. I think that we need to come out and do our annual uh, trade machine one. I don't know if we did the trade machine one last year because we knew. I don't think the Kings were like. There was nothing. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but there wasn't. 
there was nothing realistic from what I remember. And obviously it ended up with them just getting Kessler Edwards. So it was pretty anticlimactic, but hundred percent we need to do it because a move is coming. Okay. There is no way Sacramento is standing pat with the roster. Uh, something shaking up Davion Mitchell, Herter Barnes, 100% one of the three, if not all the three will be gone. Um, but what does that look like? You know, do the Kings just try to move off the Barnes contract that they just gave him and they say, fuck it, we're going to see how this goes for the rest of the year. And we're going to rely on, you know, uh, Keegan Murray taking another step and all this shit. But one of those three will be gone. Um, 100% man. If I was a betting man, which I am, I would throw all the credits in my, in my account on, uh, one of those three guys being gone. So We'll see what happens, man. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I think we're probably about 10 days out, Eric, uh, from doing the Trade Machine podcast. Once we, I think the trade deadline's February 8th this year. Uh, what is it today? The 20th? Yeah, yeah. So we're about a week, week and a half away from trades really, really popping off. So, And I got some stuff pocketed for that. I was looking around yesterday, and I'm, I, I look forward. That's my favorite podcast of the year, besides the season preview. If the Kings get get down to it and they don't make a trade at minimum, which so disappointing, and I'm not going to give my take on it, but uh, at minimum, you, you got to clear up. You got to clear up the the bad contract you gave with Barnes. Yep, you know that yep. that's the one because it would be very disappointing if they got to the end of the year and they didn't do that and they couldn't sign extend Malik Monk because a matter of you know, of well they can million. they. Well, they'll be able you to know. extend him. They'll they'll be able to extend him. Or you know it, what I mean? I'm not saying abilities, but you know, cap wise, you, you sometimes you just fucking can't. You know, because a matter of a couple, a couple little uh, uh, millions. You know, I, I would hate for that. I would hate for uh, a lot of things that would come of that. But anything you got to clear it up, which really is stupid because the last bunch of years, I feel like this has been, it's been a constant with a player on the Kings roster for like five years. Is that it was Rashawn Holmes after he signed his deal right away was like oh we got to trade him you know we and then it's been like that for a bunch of years and so I just think that well I mean Rashawn Holmes last like last that was the one dude last couple of years hey, by the way I'm gonna tell you this Rashawn Holmes I was just gonna say shit, just I was so gonna you say, know I was gonna say just that. so you know oh we threw we threw so much hate on Rashawn Holmes and we were getting bashed by everybody. Everybody, which we have receipts on that we, you know, we'll just pocket them for a, for another day. But there was a lot of prominent people, people who follow the team, who have access to the team that we got in arguments with. We, you know, Eric actually went on another freaking podcast, dude, and was kind of ambushed a little bit. And, you know, Eric pretty much told him like, nah, that's nah, that's dumb. People were really saying that this guy is untradeable and we need to resign him. He was getting MVP chance. And the guy I think is in Dallas now averaging no points. <laughs> he is like three, three or four points, uh, not playing at all. Um, and they paid him. They paid him a pretty decent amount of money, dude. And it's, it's just ridiculous, dude. But you know, yeah, I'm sure so you're going on that. Go, go ahead, Eric. That was your baby. Since Rashawn Holmes got paid, he's averaged 10 points, 3.1 points, and 3.2 points. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But, but since, since, since he got paid, that's that's what he that's what he I, I think that it, it the thing is it's it's more consistent with his career averages, though. You know, the guy was a single digit guy across the board. So he came to Sacramento got playing time because they had nobody else. A couple years in Sacramento. 
I got kind of shit after. I was very consistent with that take for two years. But I did. Someone came at me on Twitter because I said, like, after the fact, like, like after they trade him, like, oh, it was dumb. They never, it was a dumb tra- signing then. It was dumb, whatever. And they're like, well, you said, because after the trade, it, it, we got to remember, it was so like, he was playing and they, they loved him so much that it was like, it was kind of a point where, like the Kings are, he's going to be here. So if he's going to be here, it would, it, it might as well be in a certain, you know, range. We said, yeah, we said like life. 10 to 10 to 12 million or something, as we yeah. said, and so, people so, were so trying that, to give him 20 and yeah. But that was the thing. I got ambushed after the fact, because I did say, I always said, it's like, I want to trade him. I mean, if you listen to Kings cast and you, you follow us, like we were very much saying that. And I was always saying that, but after the fact, you know, I said, hey, it's good. You know, I had put a tweet or something. Someone tried to throw a receipt back in my face. And I was like, no, no, no. I that was that's a good contract if they're going to start him and play him. And if we have to live with it, that's what we were going to have to live with. Right. Was that a, a cool? Yeah, but 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 and I'm going to cover for you right now, too, is we came on here and said. I, I believe I came on here and said three years, 33 million front loaded de-escalating contract with a team option that third year like there was a lot of nuance yeah. to that right yeah. and people just yeah. saw us say the money and they were like oh and it's like no if we're gonna do this and which sacramento was going to do at the time if people are saying 18 to 20 million we're like no 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 no. if we're going to do this and they're going to keep him around i think the market is this for him and i think sacramento needs to attach attach team option to it and de-escalating so it doesn't hinder them in the future that was the take and people got locked up on the money yeah, well, and and, and, and like, like without because we went to it for days, dude. It, it, it's very clear what we said, but listen, someone threw the receipts out at me, and I think that at the time you have to put it in in hindsight. Like the Kings looked like they were committing to him and they were going to play him, and it was going to be there, and it, and so you live with it. Um, I just think that this is something that you and I like love Monty McNair because he's the guy who actually came in and did finally did the shit that you and I and fans like us kind of always pushed for you know but there's there are some blemishes on dude's record okay and it seems to be uh self-scouting the roster and and, you know and that's something i'm concerned about like right now you know is falling in love with your moves because they paid out for like a short term but then long term it's like you know it's not paying off but you're just falling in love because it, it 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 peaked for you a little bit a while ago and he did that with a with several guys. He did that with Holmes. He's in the arena. Everyone's like, hey, Holmes, Holmes, MVP. You know, he's like, oh my god, I'm so good. Look at me. I'm I fucking found a gem, dude. And then this, and then it's it's this. It was the same thing. Um, you know, it's 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 the same thing probably with Herder. It's the same thing with Barnes. You know, we finally got our guy around. You know, they they fall in love with their guys and and don't self scout and evaluate themselves with you know properly because it, it oh we went to the playoffs then you know, last year, you know, and I, I'm afraid of that. I am afraid of that and. and Signing Barnes this year was kind of proves the point. Like two two guys consecutively who just started a shit ton of minutes for you as you oversaw the team, and you had some success here and there, and you paid him above market. That no that's the thing. That's the thing. So I'm gonna give him a break on the Barnes situation. Resigning him, right? It was they were at a point where they were the three seed last year. They made the playoffs. It's the best team they've had in pretty much 20 years. Uh, yeah, you probably got to bring the guy back, right? Like if you, you had to bring the guy back, but it was the above market price. I don't know the market for Harrison Barnes. I can't remember the time, but I'm pretty sure it was nothing. There wasn't much of a market. And I think they probably overpaid by $5 million a year. 
And that was the issue that me and you had is we were like, fuck man, like, all right, they're going to bring Barnes back. You kind of have to, we get it. But then when it came out, the, the money, we were like, fuck dude, where did that come from? Are you rewarding? You're rewarding, like you said, and you're kind of doubling down on your guys. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't see the need for that at all. I, I, I didn't understand the move. And that's, I agree with bringing him back. Okay. But it was just the price for me. I was like, fuck man, you just doubled down. There wasn't the market. And uh, now we're in the situation where you got to freaking move him. You have to. That contract is bad. It is Rashawn Holmes level bad right now, in my opinion. Maybe a little worse just because uh, it's more money. Uh, so and and he's older too. So it, it's kind of same situation with me, Mary. Well, I think that as the over the years that we do in the podcast, we follow things more and more, and just you know getting older and watching shit, man, is that. There is an element to the NBA that's beyond just talent. It's beyond everything else. Like there's a per- there's a personal thing in the NBA, a, you know, attachment thing. And I think that's what I'm getting at here. In that, uh, I seriously think that guy got paid for playing the minutes. I think he got paid for minutes. I think he got paid for being the veteran on the team. I think he got paid for the minutes, and I think he got paid for leadership. That's what I think. Um, because Joe Blow over here, me and you, we saw the production where they was trending towards. So, you know, we didn't maybe see the that other stuff I listed. And I feel like they kind of gave him to that. But yeah, that contract, multiple years, it was basically mirrored what he had just got done uh, getting over. And I think that when this is where the Kings, man, worry me. I get worried. Okay, is that the teams, the small market teams and the teams that are successful over time, both in the NFL and in the NBA are shrewd. They're cut more cutthroat. Okay, because they're salary cap leagues and especially in the NBA, they're guaranteed contracts in salary cap leagues. You have to be shrewd and cutthroat. Monty's not been shrewd or cutthroat. There's been several moves where he has not done that. And it worries me as we're going into this into this thing that you're not willing to just do what's done now to the contrary that you know he traded Tyrese Halliburton a guy he drafted whose people think is going to be one of the top guys you know so he did do that so there it is there but I just feel like on every move you got to be cutthroat and that's why you know Sam Presti and the Thunder are getting the credit because that motherfucker's cutthroat you know that's why Utah is going to eventually be just like the Thunder are because of that you know, so I don't know, man. We I, we have a we I want it. We need to be more frequent and getting back on here, so we know we need to we need to hit some of the trade machines next. And I'm I'm gonna put it out there, Ryan, on Kingsland. I want to see some trade machine takes from people out there. I want to see the shekels trades that people think, so we can gauge it. I think that'll be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, dude, it's always a fun time right now, dude. People get these crazy trades in their head and they put it out there and they're like, look at the trade machine says it works. And it's like, yeah, bro, but uh, you're trading shekels for an all-star and you're not attaching any picks to it, dude. So let, let's be realistic about the situation. Yeah. You hit the trade machine. It goes success with a green check mark. And you're like, Oh, dude, I'm yeah, fucking and, 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 then, and then you see, and then at the bottom, it tells you like how many more wins they're going to, that your team's going to get. And it's like, Oh, you're plus five wins over here. Oh, they went down eight wins. And it's like, why the fuck would they do that? And their cap situation's worse. I hope that when I post it, someone posts an NBA 2k trade. I, I hope so. 
<laughs> I hope they do it. Like one of those ones where when you're doing franchise mode and you can just do find trade and it'll find you a bunch of trades. I want yeah. one of those. I don't even want yeah. one that you made on your own. I want one that found 2K found it for you. I want that. So <laughs> um, fun times, man. Good to be back on. So uh, for episode 154, we're getting up there. So hey, guys, appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact with me, a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we're active on our group Kingsland. Check that out. 8,000 people just like you to talk sh- shit or talk fun about the Kings, whatever you decide that day. Uh, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does help us in the algorithm reach more Kings fans just like you so we can get out there and uh, spread the Kings word. So with that for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.